Today, I'm excited to introduce my guest. It's Kelly Fitzgerald. Today, we're going to be talking about kind of all things SEO. We're also going to be talking about uh, making data-driven decisions in your business. Um, little backstory here as I introduce my guest. Um, Kelly was kind of introduced to me by one of our uh, mastermind members, a therapist inside the Business Made Human uh, mastermind community, and someone who said, hey, this person named Kelly did some really uh, killer work on my my SEO in a really difficult market. You should probably talk to her. And we had a great conversation. One day I was on my way driving to the beach and then um, we've kind of found different ways to work together ever since. So anyway, Kelly, thanks for being here. Thanks for also humoring me and being willing to be live on YouTube right now. In addition <laughs> well, to this yeah. audio being on the podcast. And yeah, what, what should people know about you? Well, my name is Kelly Fitzgerald, and I own Savvy Marketing Services. I help um, mental health professionals optimize their online presence. I do that several different ways, um, helping them with SEO, like you talked about, search engine optimization, so that when someone Googles their therapy services, they show up on um, page one or two, ideally, so that people find them. Also help them with their Google My Business listing, optimize that so they can get found as well as helping with blog strategy and training to optimize blog posts. I'm finding that therapists are getting more and more involved in uh, blogs. So that's been helpful. Cool. And say more about how you kind of got here. Cause I know that you have, um, um, we have kind of a corporate background, I guess, in a way. Yeah, I have a very finance corporate very background. Finance. <laughs> yeah, um, my first job was as a bookkeeper, so numbers are just, I guess, my my gig. So, I went um, through a a series of finance jobs, and when I stayed at home with my son, I went back into the workforce and knew I needed a refresh. So I took a, excuse me, digital marketing certification course and mm. found out about all things SEO and social media, digital strategy, et cetera. I found that I really liked it and no surprise that I was gravitated towards SEO, given mm. that it's so data driven. And I've worked at several digital marketing agencies, helping large organizations with the automation for email marketing or their digital marketing strategy or SEO over the past couple of years, I've been working with clients on my own through Savvy and helping mental health professionals. Like you said, you found me through a client. I've gotten referrals from my clients and they all happen to be in this niche of mental health professionals. So it kind of just fell together. My Very husband nice. is a therapist, so that's my connection to therapy. That helps. Yeah, you got a little insider <laughs> tip with the therapist <laughs> as your husband. Um, so that's great. Um, I'm really curious because one of the first things I noticed or that was clearly kind of a core value for you around this work when we first started talking is data and Mm -hmm. um, data and let's say numbers for that matter are not necessarily the most um, thrilling thing for therapists. We kind of come from the other side of the brain where therapy is more of an art than a science. There's a lot of creative people drawn to this industry. There's a lot of people that are uh, rely heavily on, uh, feelings, being sensitive to one's feelings and others, and yeah, kind of the art and the 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 yeah the art of therapy more than the science. That again, this is I'm making a sweeping generalization about the kind of person that uh, often ends up as a therapist. That's not to say that there aren't a lot of therapists that are very data driven and very um, you know uh, reliant on numbers to drive their practice and assessment and measurements and measuring over and over again. But 
anyway, why is data so important to you? And then talk a little bit about how you actually leverage that in your SEO work. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm a total data nerd and data is really everything with search engine optimization. Clients often come to me and they tell me that they rank a certain position on Google for a particular keyword. And I hate to burst their bubble, but I often go back to them and say, well, you're one of five people that searches for that term. So that's not going to do anything for you. So data is super helpful because it lets me know what keywords are worth going after. I look at several factors when I look at the data for keywords to target for a client. One is the volume. Like I mentioned, is there enough volume? And not only is there volume, but is it in the right place? So a lot of free SEO tools provide you national volume, which doesn't do therapists any good because you're even if you're licensed in a state or multiple states, you're not national. So you only want the market that you can serve. And you can do that by doing geo-specific targeting for keywords. But you don't have the ability to understand what the keywords that you might want to use because you don't have the, the volume information by ge geography. And I use a paid tool like most SEO consultants because I can get the level of detail that I feel like I need to provide the services that I want to my clients. The other component to determining keywords is keyword difficulty. So keywords are ranked on a score of one to 100, 100 being really hard to rank for. I've learned over time that I have a threshold of a keyword difficulty that I like to aim for and found that I get success with keywords that are within a sweet spot within 30 days from implementing SEO for my clients. I typically see some traction with their positions. Can you say more on. about what that, those numbers actually look like? So for therapists. Yeah, give away yeah. my secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here to <laughs> yeah, just no, take so all your secrets, basically. The... Um, the ranking is one to a hundred. So hundred don't even go near it. And I actually, my sweet spot is 35. So out of a hundred score, I like to target keywords that are difficulty level of 35 and below. And the reason why is they're just easier to rank for. It's more realistic. You're going to get rankings quicker. Um, I think that uh, some terms are just more difficult to rank for. Depression, for example, some within the therapy uh, services, online therapy are going to be much harder to rank for just because they're so um, sought after. And there are ways to look at the terminology a little bit differently. So maybe if you tweak those terms, counseling, counselor, therapist, therapy, you might find a, a better keyword difficulty to go after. Um, but keyword difficulty plays a huge part in my decisions. And mm -hmm. I grab data from a lot of sources. I look at competitors. I look at a client's website. I'm always attracted to keywords that a client is already ranking for. It's much easier to improve rankings for keywords that someone already ranks for than to just generate rankings from nowhere. And I use that um, when I make my decisions. I always go over at least three options with my clients for every service page that we're working on so that they can see what the volume is, what the keyword difficulty is, what my recommendation is. And then we go from there to identify the target keyword. And then I create what I refer to as SEO tags. And that's essentially what someone sees when they do a search. So if I enter into Google anxiety therapist for my teenager, all of the blue hyperlinks are page titles. The description or the copy below that is a meta description 
those are the elements that I create for people and optimize them for their keywords so that when someone looks for the services that they provide, they're going to have a, an attractive terminology for the title so they can verify that that is what they're looking for. And then the verbiage in the meta description is going to have a call to action for them and a verification that the content you're looking for will be here when you click this link. <clears throat> Got it. Um, so just to, to break it down to a really basic kind of level, right? And you have, we have therapists that are quite experienced with SEO, some that are just getting started or maybe anywhere in between. Um, the first step in the process for you is, uh, is a keyword research piece, right? Where you're looking for, um, decent volume combined with, um, a realistic difficulty score basically so 30 35 or or less mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. like that i guess a, a real green pasture kind of situation yeah. would yeah. be uh, a really high volume and very low difficulty meaning there's demand for it in a market mm -hmm. essentially this is a term that people are searching this is a service that people want and there's not a ton of people going for it very interesting because this intersects uh, a lot with one's niche right or choosing a niche yes. and yes. figuring out how far to niche down and a lot of therapists will ask me like how do you decide on a niche or if you do decide on a niche like how do i decide how do i determine whether it's viable for the market that i'm in so let's say mm -hmm. you're you do eating disorder work with teenagers or teenage girls or something um maybe something even more specific than that right um and some therapists might want to know is that viable in my market so for that therapist like where would you start with them in that process and figuring out um, what's going to be basically the fastest way to grow their business, which is, which is what they really want. Yeah. Great question. Um, I actually recently had an experience with a client that was doing just this and, and where we landed was don't just chase the volume and the keyword difficulty for the target keywords that look like you could rank for be authentic to what you offer and the services that you want to provide so if you're not, if, if you, a lot of therapists have sort of a sweet spot of what they like to um, provide for therapy services, whether it's helping someone with OCD or anxiety or whatever it is. So be honest with yourself, which uh, element you want to focus on. And then from there, let's look at what the competition looks like. I always start the very first thing I do with any client is what I call an intake form where I gather data from them. I'm trying to get as up to speed as quickly as possible on their business. And the best way to do that is just to get a download from the client and they'll tell me what their ideal client looks like and what markets they serve as well as what the competitors look like. And I can find a lot of information pretty quickly on competitors and the good news typically is that most therapists aren't putting SEO efforts on the top of their list. And so the competition is usually not that high. So when I present competitive information, I'm usually saying, I can tell they are putting efforts into SEO. They are not. They are not. They are not. There's some real key indicators for me to look under the hood, if you will, on how a website is coded to be able to see just how well um, the competition is, is doing their job for SEO. Does that answer yeah. your question? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's true that a lot of therapists skip over their SEO or for instance, they just start blogging their tail off and they assume that yeah. that's SEO. <laughs> They're going to get them somewhere. 
and especially these folks that are in very dense markets, uh, like major U.S. cities, um, they can be pretty disappointed because really foundational level, what we're doing with SEO is telling Google what our business is about. Mm -hmm. And if my business is about, you know, uh, selling pizza in downtown Manhattan on Fifth Avenue or whatever, that's that's wrong New York City terminology, then <laughs> I, I want to be basically make sure that I have done my due diligence around looking for keyword phrases that are as descriptive as possible for what I offer a market in the market that I'm in and the demographic that I'm in. Yep. A lot of therapists will, for instance, just say, you know, um, mywebsite.com forward slash anxiety therapy. And then everything is on that page is just anxiety therapy. Well, that's one start, right? But it's anxiety therapy where, right? Is it in mm -hmm. Tucson or is it in Chicago? Um, that being said, I, some therapists get, uh, get lucky and over time it's almost like accidental seo so if you have a mm -hmm. site long enough like the anxiety therapy site um, and you haven't put uh you know uh, regional or geographic descriptors in it sometimes you get lucky and over time google needs uh they need resources to rank you know for anxiety yeah, therapy yeah, in exactly. Tucson, and they're like hey a bunch of ip addresses in this area are going to this site Right. Or maybe they're coming in mm -hmm. through Google My Business or Yelp or Psychology Today or whatever it is. Um, and at some point, therapists can turn around and go, oh, wow, I have a site that ranks all of a sudden. And I don't know how I did it, but I did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you bring up geography because it's really overlooked and it's so, so important because Google looks at where people are located. If I search for anxiety therapists right now out of my Portland home, I'm going to get something totally different than you in San Francisco. And that indication of where you're located on your website, you can pepper it in in all kinds of ways. I'm a huge fan of everyone having a designated footer that's persistent across all their pages that very clearly says where their location is, the market that they serve. Maybe if you're in uh, New York and you serve Brooklyn and Manhattan, call that out because that is indicators to Google as to what market you serve and it's gonna help gain audience in that market. Yeah. Um, we're, we're getting a couple of live questions here oh, great. on YouTube, so why not answer a couple? This is pretty uh, pretty relevant to where we're at. Um, proper Chica 90 says, and I'm glad we have proper people in here, not <laughs> improper people. She says, um, how do you insert SEO into your website? So again, great question for you to start either from top down or bottom up. Uh, about how it works once you've actually done the keyword research and let's say you found a phrase that is the phrase for your site or maybe you can even make up an example of a phrase and then where a therapist might put it. Yeah, that's a great question. And actually what you wanna do depends on the platform. So I typically, my clients are on Squarespace or they're on WordPress. WordPress has a plugin that's devoted to SEO and it's mainly um, the Yoast SEO plugin. And a lot of people who have WordPress, their website developers are already putting that in because it's a kind of an industry standard. And it's fairly intuitive to insert your title tags, your meta description, your target keyword, and it gives you red light, green light to tell you how well optimized your page is. And the things that it looks at are, do you have internal links to other pages? Are you trying to keep people on your site? You want your site to be sticky. You don't want them to come and go. You want them to travel from page to page and, and, and increase their interest in what you have to offer. And so for, um, 
WordPress sites, it's pretty easy because of that plugin. Although I always find that people get really nervous about, I don't have green lights on all of my indicators for my Yoast plugin. And um, it, you need to be reasonable about it. It's the optimal way of SEOing everything is when you're going to get a green light in the Yoast plugin. But for um, all intents and purposes, there are some key things that you want to do where you're incorporating the keyword, variants of the keyword, um, you're incorporating your geographic location. I actually have a download. I gave you a link. I think you're going to put it in the notes that um, breaks down all the elements of what makes a good optimized page, inserting um, anchor text. Um, one of the key areas that is so overlooked across all industries I've found are images. And often people will insert an image and it'll be from Shutterstock and the title will be Shutterstock 123. Well, that is a missed opportunity because you could name that file um, Anxiety Therapy for Children, my company name, my geographic location. And then there's also components within the image that you can further optimize. And it makes a really big difference. And I would say across the board, um, clients just don't do it because they don't know to do it. Um, but that's WordPress. Squarespace is um, fairly similar. It just doesn't have a a plugin, Squarespace isn't set up that way, but it's set up in such a way that it has a SEO tab and you go in and it's pretty clear, here's the page title, here's the meta description. The main difference between the two platforms is Squarespace does not allow you to type in for this page, what is your target keyword? And that's that's fine. It, it, you, I still recommend that people identify a keyword phrase for a particular page and then we um, report off of that. But um, that component just isn't part of the, the platform for Squarespace. Yeah, I, I think the cool part is for most major website platforms, uh, the options for the tools and plugins for doing SEO are plentiful and are getting better. Mm -hmm. um, at a very basic level, you just want to go and, and make sure once you have uh, a keyword phrase that you're going to dedicate to that page, a particular page of the site, um, that you've put it in all the right places, and also that you're not trying too hard. You know, there's yeah. back in the day, there's this this issue with keyword stuffing where, like, you decide that the keyword phrase, you know, is anxiety therapy in Noe Valley, which is the neighborhood I'm in. And then you just go into a page and you stuff it in there as many times as possible, or you get creative and yeah. do like white text on a white background so that it's in there. And yeah, that's uh, black hat, what they call yeah. black hat SEO. You get in big yeah. trouble. Google doesn't like that, John. Yeah, it might work for like a day, but they're, they're getting smarter and the algorithm is getting a lot smarter and intuitive. Um, Google want, ultimately, you have to think about Google's priority. and yeah. Google is, in the case of organic search, the user is takes priority. The customer really takes priority, not the business, I would say. Exactly. And in that case, if I'm a user and I'm looking for pizza down on Fifth Avenue, you, I want you to show me pizza on Fifth Avenue only and the most relevant search results and ideally the best as well. So right. if there's two pizza spots, you know, back to back on Fifth Avenue, but one has you know a million five star ratings on Google My Business or whatever Google's factoring that in and the bigger picture of your basically trust uh, with Google right your reputation essentially so the longer this thing really has a snowball effect it's like a relationship right you have 
uh, a bit of trust in the beginning. You're also showing them and being explicit about what your business is about. Over time, you get some traction. And then Google sees through their creepy little eyes, uh, <laughs> people coming to your site. Let me step back. People searching for something like Fifth, Fifth Avenue Pizza, mm -hmm. clicking through that search, clicking through your website, and then maybe even taking an action on your website to to call or fill out the form or ask for directions, whatever it is, right? They're doing mm -hmm. things like that. And so Google goes, hey, that's it looks like people are having good experiences with this business. We should probably rank it more because that makes them look good. But more importantly, it makes us look good because the user is having a positive experience, right? And then once you've yeah. established really good foothold with your organic ranking, it tends to do well, it tends to snowball, it tends to stay pretty steady unless you majorly screw it up or all of a sudden you become a hot dog business overnight, which yeah, is yeah, a exactly. joke about a therapy practice changing their whole business or yeah. keywords or niche or whatever overnight. And then Google going, hey, you used to be an entirely couples therapy practice and now you're an EMDR and anger management practice mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Yeah, Google Still, wants yeah. to present um, relevant information based on the search intent of the user. And like you said, Google has gotten a lot smarter. And if you have a page that doesn't match with your content, if I create tags that are for depression and you put it on your OCD page, if someone clicks on the page title in a search engine result page and they go to the page and it's not what they thought, they're going to what's called bounce. They're going to leave. And that's a big indicator to Google that says this site is not about that. I'm not going to serve this site up again when someone has this search query. So you want to be um, really authentic about what your content is because the user experience, like you said, comes first and foremost, and you're trying to answer what they're searching for. And going back to keyword stuffing, it's the same thing. A lot of people, you know, there, there are all kinds of places to optimize a page, but there's also something to over optimizing a page. And if I see anxiety therapy in Noel Valley everywhere on a single page, it's it really comes off as as spammy and trying too hard and it's distracting. The the best thing to do is to just use your natural language. You know, it doesn't have to be the exact four terms that are your target keyword. It doesn't have to be in the exact same order. You can use um, variations of the terminology, anxiety counselor, anxiety counseling, anxiety therapy to help maximize the traffic for um, drawing searches, search engines. Yeah. I mean, Again, Google's algorithm gets better over time. There's a great deal of machine learning that's happening. And mm -hmm. yeah, part of it is the keywords. That's kind of what gets you to the dance, so to speak. But they're also looking at when people do arrive to your site, right? Do they bounce, first of all? And more importantly, do they stay? Do they mm -hmm. move around the site? Do they go deeper into the site, deeper into the content? And do they take action, right? Do they fill yeah. out a contact form or, you know, write you an email or... Um, you know, click an active phone link or something like that. And so, but there's also like, you know, when you write good kind of human centered copy, um, very like uh, basic language, good straightforward copy about what you do, how you help and your services. Mm -hmm. And also you have good content marketing. So you have blogs, even YouTube videos embedded into your, your practice site. That's going to keep people on your site longer. And that clock is ticking and that's, yep. that's adding up with Google. Right. And the more time people spend on your site, Google goes, Hey, this is a cool place to hang out. This is a reputable place to hang out. We should send mm -hmm. more traffic here. Right. Mm -hmm. People are yep. getting 
getting a lot from this site, so we should keep sending them there. So, it, I mean, there's therapists overdo it because there's so many factors that influence SEO. But if you step back, you know, therapists understand people and they understand how yeah. to build trust. So if you think about Google like a person, however yeah. weird that is, you yeah. think, what would I need to do to trust this person? Well, be explicit, be clear about what you're about, what your business does, who you help, and then stay consistent, right? Stay relevant, yeah. um, stay fresh, yeah. keep making content once a week or every other week, whatever you can commit to. And I would also add, don't talk about yourself. <laughs> a lot of therapists, it's I, 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 it's all about me. I have all these great credentials. This is my experience. I can help you, blah, blah, blah. Talk about the pain point. You need to tell someone how you're going to solve their problem. That's why they're there. Someone has a, a kid with OCD and they're typing OCD therapist for my, my child. They're, they're ramped up. They, they want help. They don't want to hear about your credentials. And it's, it's great that you have them, but don't start with that. Like really sit in the seat of the person searching. That is a get empathy for their um, situation and what they're searching for. And look at it from that lens, not from I need to tout about all of my background just to get credentials and validation in that way. People want to be able to feel like, a, they can relate to you, that they're going to be able to work with you. So the look and feel of your website is a big component of whether or not someone's going to continue down the path of considering working with you, as well as the copy that you're writing and how you're writing that copy. We've got a question here from Kelly in, I'm going to say Mississauga, mm -hmm. right? Uh, she says, hi, John and Kelly, we're launching an online group practice. What is the best way to start building SEO for a group practice that offers online services province-wide? And saying province-wide, I take a wild guess here in Canada. Um, yeah, but hey, yeah. the rules still apply. <laughs> Google, yeah, yeah. Google rules still apply. So this is an interesting one, right? Because we are in the middle of uh, a very rapid acceleration toward online therapy that was mostly generated by you-know-what and I think will probably sustain long after you-know-what. Mm -hmm. Uh, it continues to improve, but uh, there's a lot of therapists that are wanting to either be online exclusively or start a group practice that's online uh, only. And this, you know, this raises a big question of how do I do my SEO um, if I'm not just targeting my tiny little town? Yeah. And it's interesting. I assumed that online therapy was what people typed. And uh, since a uh, COVID started, we've um, had a lot of data that I can analyze. And I've been very surprised that fairly consistently, people are typing for online therapy, my geography. And people aren't really typing teletherapy. Sometimes they're typing virtual therapy. But this is where the data comes in. I can't answer your question without knowing what your province is and then looking into the data and saying what I think is the most realistic based on what I've talked about before, which is, is there volume and what difficulty level is it at? And it's, and I will yeah. say that it's definitely viable. You can rank for online therapy keywords in your market because again, if I go back to, I'm sitting in Portland, Oregon, John's in San Francisco, and if we both are looking for online therapy, our search results are going to be drastically different because Google is looking at all those local indicators like we referred to before to, to help determine what is the most relevant uh, website to, to show you. Here's what I would say. And it's really the same logic of if you're a group practice owner and I open uh, my first office here in San Francisco and I focus 
and intently on getting organic search results for San Francisco. And then I decide, well, I want to open an office in Oakland, which is just mm -hmm. across the bridge, right? But it's a different city. How do I do that? I would approach it in a similar way with your online group practice or assuming that a province is like a state or maybe a company mm -hmm. size or whatever. I would start small. I would start with where you're at. And I agree, people aren't necessarily searching online therapy. Um, and you also have to keep in mind, if they are, there's a lot of these lovely companies like BetterHelp and Talkspace mm -hmm. and all those uh, find people with um, offensive amounts of venture capital behind them. So they've got money to burn and you don't. <laughs> they outrank you, yeah. Uh, they outrank you and they outbid you on Google Ads. So your mm -hmm. best bet could be something like long tail keywords in your area or in your town right now. And then you get people to your site. Let's say you do you know, EMDR therapy in Mississauga, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever your town is. And you're going to decide to get traction with that keyword phrase or maybe a long tail keyword phrase around that and you get some traction then you decide okay i want to expand that a little bit and expand to you know emdr in my province or something like that but you can get traction you can get traction for the service the type of therapy the issue people are looking for the demographic whether it's kids or teens or couples there's many entries in and then the delivery method is online Right. So people right. can come to it and some people already might even be assuming, hey, yeah, therapy is probably online because of you know what. Um, otherwise, <laughs> you know, people get too focused on this online therapy piece the same way that therapists are obsessed with making pages that say individual therapy, which is like the way that our grad school classes were separated. Like yeah. you're in an individual therapy class or your group therapy class or whatever. The therapists just assume things like that. So it comes down to what people are looking for and how can you get that snowball started in my opinion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also more globally how can you build your email list along the way how can you generate uh traffic no matter what build more content go deeper with your content right yeah um there's just a lot of other pieces to it um and then you have the whole other kind of world but related world of paid ads and <laughs> where you, you know running google ads so yeah <clears throat> with that it's it could be a lot simpler to just start running ads in your whole province Right. Um, yeah. Um, for the kind of issues you, you work with. And I did yeah. want to jump in and just add um, one of the other components that I find often that I think people overlook, although they may be searching it themselves when they're looking for the local pizza place, but near me searches. People often type anxiety therapist near me. Well, how do they know who, what near me is? Well, it's really helpful as a therapist if you have a Google My Business profile and if you've optimized your website for your geography because then you're more likely to be percolated in the top page for Google search results. So I can't emphasize enough that the location is super, super important. Even if you're providing something on a larger scale, like online therapy, where it could be statewide, um, as an example, you, you still have an ability to identify what that location is so that Google can indicate, you can indicate to Google what that looks like. For sure. Um, we got about 10 minutes left. So for those of you who are here live with us on YouTube, definitely ask your questions here before we start running out of time. Um, I, I'll transition just a little bit and say, you know, we, um, you and I have talked a lot about uh, using data to grow your practice and really, in this case, make decisions about your SEO, uh, looking for keyword opportunities um, and a good blend between good volume and a competition score that is not so great that you'll have no chance. Um, yeah. 
somewhere along the way, we started working on uh, one of our newest offerings at Private Practice Workshop, which is our owner dashboard premium service. Um, the owner dashboard, uh, the old owner dashboard was a, a, a very humble mm -hmm. spreadsheet that I created a long time ago with some help. And it was just a way to say, okay, as therapists, as business owners, you have uh, some key metrics or key performance indicators that roughly reflect the health of your business, right? The same way mm -hmm. you go into the doctor and you get vital signs and those vital signs are kind of indicators of your health or general health, or they might even be indicators of, hey, if this number is looking a little off, then we might want to dig here, do more assessment. You know, the reality is therapists make decisions a lot of times on a whim, on a feeling mm -hmm. without knowing the numbers, right? And they often don't know what the health of the business is really like, whether it's their marketing metrics or their finances or the number of intakes they've had or how well their clinicians are retaining clients, things like that. So anyway, to maybe talk about that just a little bit in terms of what it's been like to help therapists with their data through the owner dashboard premium uh, uh, program. And of course we'll put a link to it in the description and everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, great. Um, yeah. I've been onboarding folks and creating their metrics, which is um, a great uh, combination of my skill set to nerd out on data and create pretty uh, metrics for folks. But what I've um, really noticed is that people, like you said, they, they weren't aware of their numbers uh, across financials, across ad campaigns, across their website traffic. And the way that the dashboard is set up is it's very visual and it's also uh, very intuitive. You can have information across all kinds of data sources. Since I come from the SEO lens, I'm a big proponent of people pulling in data from Google Search Console. And a lot of people don't utilize this free tool. And what it does is it shows you what people are currently using for search terms that you then show up in Google. And Google will then identify what the what the um, current ranking is for that particular term for your website. And so that's a gold mine of information. Often people are, are typing how to or what if, and these are great questions to then um, create blog content off of. And all of that can be mined through Google Search Console. It's just one example of a data source that you can bring into the owner, dash or pre owner dashboard premium system that John's got um, for his clients. Yeah, to me, it's um, it's kind of a long overdue, you know, uh, mm. service for therapists. And again, it it takes the temptation away of just making kind of random decisions. It's also very satisfying to look at data. It's very reassuring and almost a good treatment for your anxiety about your business. Yeah. You look at yeah. the numbers, right? And um, I can't tell you how many times a therapist I'm working with says, um, I feel like things aren't going well, right? Or I feel like I'm really screwing up. Or I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not making a lot of money this month. And then we look at the numbers and they say they, something totally otherwise, right? Yeah. Having the best month ever, you got all sorts of traffic or whatever. Um, another example is therapists who go, uh, well, my website's not working, so I'm going to change it. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily know that, right? Because top down, you can have all sorts of different problems with your website. You can't conclude your website doesn't work if you have zero traffic, Right. It's like saying no one wants to buy my pizza um, or no one likes my pizza, but no one has, has even tried it or walked in the door. Yeah. We have a traffic problem. Right. So it's like, let's fix the traffic problem first before you go tinkering with everything on your site. Mm -hmm. The owner dashboard premium gives you, you know, level of detail and those sorts of things. It's also updated real time. So a number of our yeah. metrics, uh, at least a portion of our metrics are, are automated. So you can see things like 
your income uh, and also compared to previous periods. So I think that's satisfying too, to see a 10% increase in your income, you know, compared to the last period and things like that. So it's really neat to see kind of where your business is at, where it's been and where it's heading all in one place. That's kind of the, the ethos of the owner dashboard premium. So um, well, I know that one of the things you really liked about it was the red and green indicators of increase and decrease percentage over a time frame. Um, and that's a very visual way that we've talked in the beginning of our um, chat today about how therapists aren't that um, numbers oriented. And so visualization of data is a great way to understand different metrics. And that's what the dashboard does. And I think it's a really comfortable way for therapists to um, assimilate their information and make decisions. Definitely. Yeah, I'm really excited about the, the, the product and the service. Um, people are getting a lot of a lot of good results with it. We've had people um, really raving about it and getting okay. a great level of detail and insight into what's really going on in their business. So um, we got like five minutes left. We got another question here. And the question uh, is, uh, what if I live in a certain country but provide therapy online in a different language and therefore another country? So you live, let's say, here, but you're providing therapy in I don't know, Spain or something. <laughs> How would we do that? You would, I would assume you have one website. And if that's the case, then you would want to have a page that's identifying your services in that location and within that language. Um, if, if they're totally different markets, it might actually make sense that you have two different websites, one that serves the language and the market outside of where you live and one that serves um, the one where you live. But in the question, the way it's asked, it sounds like someone lives in a certain location, but they provide services elsewhere. And so if that's the case, you want to orient your um, website to where you provide the services. Yeah. And another scenario is some therapists, let's say in the U.S., who are bilingual and speak English and let's say Spanish mm -hmm. might have like a toggle switch on their site that effectively turns their site into Spanish and back to English and whatnot. And um, that, that creates an interesting situation too with SEO and whether it's all the same site or uh, is Google translating that site or do you have a separate site, like a, a mirror site for yeah. your Spanish speaking clients, something like that. I would, um, it gets a little trickier, but ultimately, you know, the principles are still the same, right? That you need to tell Google what people are looking uh, for, or you need to know what people are looking for and tell Google what your business is about. And let's say if it is in Spanish and people are searching terms in Spanish in your area, then you would want to follow the same principles that we've talked about here yep. with the assumption being in English. So um, yeah, really good question. And then I would just say the other piece again with the theme of today is just look at the data along the way. So mm -hmm. let's say you make some changes and you want to target a certain number of keywords that are in another language in another country, take a baseline and see what traffic looks like right now for your site. Maybe it's minimal or maybe it's a brand new site. Um, make the changes, right? Find the keywords, do the placement, start your content marketing strategy, right? To ramp things up and then measure it. 30, 60, 90 days, you know, get, get analytical about it. And mm -hmm. you have to be a good scientist. You have to be like a good researcher. So you, you take a baseline and take that measurement and then you make one intervention and then you measure again. Right. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do is like a good experiment, right? You're trying to isolate the variable and say, I did this thing and did this thing produce the result that I'm now seeing versus I did 10 things and I have no idea what's producing the result. Which one works. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite dilemma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, we got just a couple minutes. If you guys have more questions, by all means, throw them in the chat here. Otherwise, um, Kelly, as we start to wrap up, any final like tips for therapists and even things you're seeing recently that therapists are maybe missing or therapists that are really crushing it with Google, what are they doing well? And what do you want to make sure therapists listening know? Yeah, no, um, great question. And what I've been seeing recently is um, I've been doing a lot more blog training. People are making efforts to have content that relates to the pain points that their target audience has. And then within those blog posts, they're then doing what's called interlinks, internal links. So that if I have a blog post on how to manage my ADHD child, then within the content of that blog post, I want to put an internal link to a page of my services where I offer ADHD therapy. And the um, ability for people to find your website just drastically increases when you have more content. And often I'll find that one of the biggest traffic sources to a website is blog traffic. And they eventually get to your services pages, but they got there from your blog because they had a very specific situation that they were looking for information on. And then that related to a service that you offer. And so blogs, just like your website, need to be SEO'd to maximize your ability to attract organic traffic. Totally. Well said. Um, you know, the last thing I would say is just making sure your SEO is a part of a bigger strategy. Like I said, things like uh, growing your email list, engaging your mm -hmm. list, keeping up with consistent content marketing. You might involve some paid traffic as part of the equation and just making sure you're, you're doing everything. Right. You also might start with Google ads and uh, ramp up your traffic with with paid ads in the beginning. And over time, as your, your organic catches up, you can essentially get free marketing. Right. You're getting free leads over time once you've made that investment. Yeah. And let's say worked with someone like Kelly and uh, done your due diligence with your SEO. And then over time, that organic traffic is growing and growing and growing. And uh, you can pull your ads budget back quite a bit or eliminate it altogether. And you've got mm -hmm. organic traffic plus an email list. And that can be more than enough for most practices. So yep. pretty, pretty powerful stuff and pretty fun if you're, if you're nerdy like us, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> other people are like, man, wow, these guys yeah, no. get a life. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, thanks again for being here. Um, no and just remind people, uh, so I put a link here to the freebie, but maybe say the freebie and what it is. We'll put a link to in the description and then also make sure to let people know how they can find you. Yeah, so people can find me at SavvyMarketingServices.com and I offer a free consult. So if you want to uh, schedule time with me, I'm happy to do that and talk about your current SEO efforts for your website. I've created a um, infographic, I guess, um, for people so that they can get a sense of just what is a well-optimized page. What does all this mean? What's an anchor text? What's alt text? Like, what, I don't understand this. And so I found over time that I'm so comfortable with the terminology that I needed a way to translate it better to people that don't live and breathe it. And so that was kind of the impetus for this downloadable um, piece of content that really shows you how you can optimize a website for uh, your keywords. And that applies to a blog post or a services page on your website. Um, they all have the same components that factor into search engine optimization and organic search traffic. Nice. Kelly, thanks again for being here and for yeah. taking some, uh, questions live and on the spot. I appreciate that. Um, again, we're here live on YouTube. This audio will also be uploaded to the podcast um, 
uh, early next week. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast uh, on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you like to listen. Just search for Private Practice Workshop. So Kelly, thanks again for being here. And um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll see you guys soon. All right. Thanks so much.